Welcome to the Endor Report, a family Star Wars podcast brought to you with your host and captain, Tad. I have my, next to me, I have my committee. I'm a princess tonight. Well, you're a princess, not a committee? Yeah, I'm not a committee tonight. And that's Janelle and anyone else we decide to pick up along our way out to the Outer Rim. And tonight we're going to be continuing our discussion on the Mortis series that's tucked into Clone Wars in Season 3. So if you haven't listened to the other podcast before this one, we touched on the first episode, and now we're on to the second one, which is The Altar of Mortis, which is in Season 3, Episode 16, that aired on February 4th, 2011. Oh, man. That was almost... How many years ago? Nine? Yes. Really? This is... Wow. Okay, well... Nine years ago, and we're still talking about this episode, and we feel like Star Wars is still pulling so much from these three little 30-minute cartoons into new series and new episodes. Do you think these three are the most popular of season three for the Clone Wars? I think these three are the most talked about. I don't know if they're everyone's favorite because, like I said before, nothing really happens, and the characters really walk away with no development. But I I don't think I can't think of anything else in the Clone Wars where it really touches on where Anakin's gonna go and touch like on the future of Anakin. Oh, okay. So that might have been part of the reason it's so talked about. Yeah, because before it like I mean it really makes Anakin a really likable character in the Clone Wars, and then this these three episodes kind of show the dark side capability of him. So one thing it did make me think when you were playing it again today and I was just listening, I was just like, man, poor Obi-Wan. <laughs> He's always trying to fix all the things Anakin's doing. So and watching this episode today, I thought that Obi-Wan is very like he doesn't trust the force. He, no, he I don't like, think he does. He, he, he's like constantly trying to alter it and I make changes. I don't think Obi-Wan even trusted the Force in A New Hope until his Force ghost told Luke to trust the Force. Yeah. He, I mean, he's just kind of like sitting out there all by himself, and then he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to Anchorage. And... All right, so let's talk about how this episode starts. It has a little bit of a clue at the beginning of every episode here. So, our, what, Janelle, what's our fortune cookie saying this one? He who surrenders hope surrenders life. Hmm. He who surrenders hope surrenders life. Rebellions are built on hope. So if you surrender your <laughs> hope, you're surrendering your life. So it's interesting because I don't know how much that has to play in this episode. Because I don't feel like anyone really surrenders hope. You know hope. what? Okay, so you have to surrender The surrendering is a theme that we even talked about in the last podcast that you have to kind of surrender yourself to the force. And if it's not the force, just, you know, letting go in general. So this is kind of touching on the difference between hope and letting go. They're two different things. Okay. So, and the other one was you're judged by your guilt. Now we're, if you surrender hope, you're, you're giving up. And you're going to fail. Yeah, letting go isn't the same as giving up either. So, and then, af- okay, after we get our fortune cookie, there Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan are on the ship. They're getting ready to leave, and we go into Anakin's dream. Mm-hmm. And in his dream, he sees himself, but it's actually the sun talking through his mouth, 
talking about, so you are the chosen one, and you can join me, and we can bring peace to the galaxy. Well, I mean, Anakin asked, will we bring peace? And isn't this where he says, of course we will. Like, I felt like that was a little bit of a joke. Yeah, and he's like, he goes, you just want me to be a Sith. And he's like, we will destroy the Sith and the Jedi and bring peace to the galaxy and end corruption. So it was some of those things that Anakin had been talking about with ending corruption in the Senate and all of that. But hey, we're going to end the Jedi and the Sith and corruption. So it's a really sweet deal for Anakin. So the ends always justify the means for Anakin, you think? Um, I think he's willing to think outside of the box and actually go towards, hey, this isn't always... Uh, black and white sometimes you have to do bad things in order to get better i mean make the world better is he um, death is peace right yes death death i guess you could say death is okay, peace but, but that's a pretty dark people, morbid yeah, but uh, killing, killing people doesn't it doesn't mean you're I'm, I'm just saying that when he's promising peace um peace is kind of a subjective thing there is a point in here where they say from a certain point of view. Yeah, so like, like he talks about the light and the dark. He goes, yes, you could say I'm evil or you could say it was good. Depends on your point of view. Yeah, but so if you force everybody to follow your rule and you end the Jedi and end the Sith and end the government and your definition of peace is everyone listening to you, it's definitely from a certain point of view. It's not really peace. Well, he does say you 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 talk about light and dark like they're separate. Like you can have one without the other. He says in this little dream state that Anakin's in. So th that's kind of saying like, hey, you can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other. So if we're going to abolish the Sith, you're going to eventually abolish the Jedi and, and because they're like a coexistence in this uh, in this universe. So after Kylo dies, does that does that mean someone else um, has to hop up there to balance Ray's power? I'm sure there has to be. There has to be another something in the dark side or some type of force. I don't think Kylo was dark side. He disappeared. I mean, he was. Ray definitely didn't disappear when she died. He did murder a lot of people. I don't, yeah, know, well, I don't know if you so, want to count that as so dark did or not. Some of the other Jedi. I mean, he murders a lot of people even in this movie. Like, I'm even pretty going sure into... that in the prequels, a lot of the Jedi murdered a lot of people. I mean, he orders the one. Well, actually, the Emperor orders the one uh, Death Star to go out and blow up a planet that they'll recognize. So it's still the first order. I mean, when the Death Star blows planets up, I guess according to. Um, all these guys, that's peace. Peace in the galaxy. Okay, death peace, girl. So <laughs> <Death> af <laughs> after we lose, um, after the dream wakes up, then Ahsoka gets kidnapped by the sun. And I thought this was a cool scene where Anakin's flying after her. And it really reminded me of Rogue One, where they're flying through the cavern and the, you got the big spikes and it's like stormy. Yeah. Like it really reminded me of that filming for those scenes where. Uh, Anakin's the one flying through there, chasing after the son who's flying away with Ahsoka. So Anakin has quite a bit of guilt when he realizes that Ahsoka gets taken. Because of him, because the son wants him, and the father wants him, and the daughter wants him, and everyone wants him because he's the chosen one. 
So he's feeling guilty. So he goes flying like crazy and almost crashes into the Lord of the Rings tower. So his friends are made to suffer. Um, and then after that, they kind of land there, and there's a little bit of a discussion between Obi-Wan and Anakin about what they should do. Obi-Wan's really cautious. He's thinking that we need to go talk to the father Anakin and have a discussion. Says no. Yeah, Anakin's like, no, I can handle this. I'm the chosen one. I'm going to go get her. She's my Padawan. And goes off in that direction, and Obi-Wan goes searching for the father. So I have a note that says, to survive, um, you must forget. Survive, you must forget. So I think that has to do with um, they kind of, I don't know, tricked Ahsoka. Didn't he kind of drug her? Not drug her, but... Well, no, that's okay. So the next scene is Anakin. Actually, it shows Ahsoka being in chains, and that right. little creepy creature is like crawling like over Boba top Frick. of her. A little Boba Frick, like he's like crawling all over her and stuff. He's got the big long ears. But then I thought hey, the one cool line that he says in that one is the chains are easy. I wrote that down. The too. Mo- the, the mind, chains are the easy part. The mind is the difficult part. So it's easy to put someone in chains, but it's really difficult to break their mind. Oh, so that's what this note is. To survive, she must forget Anakin. Oh, yeah. So because she's like, you're, you've been left for dead, child. I've been here for more years than I can count, is what that little uh, creepy dude says. <laughs> Who's the son? Yeah. Uh, so he was the son, like, dr- like. Yeah, he was a son. Okay. Like he's trick using the dark side and tricking her, and he's always they're always because like some there's kind only of- the, there was a, before they brought. Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin there, it was just the three of them on that planet, right? Yes, there's no other life, and uh, like the trees and stuff die and are reborn like every day because they're like influencing the Force. Now, one thing I wanted, I wanted to ask you, do you think that they are the origin of the Force, or are they just conduits, like they're users of the Force? Because I kind of feel like they're just there are other types of creatures that are just like more higher level creatures that can control and use the force at a higher level than any Jedi or any other creature in the galaxy. I guess that's interesting because I feel like the tone of this is similar to the Bendu and the other creatures that are more ancient than the Jedi. They're ancient, but are they, like, godlike? I don't feel like they're the origin of the Force. I just feel like they've just been around a lot longer and know more about the Force than the Jedi or any other creature that would only live for, say, 100 well, to 300 years. Well, they kind of, the way to kill them was the dagger and, and the other ways. So, like, it kind of seemed like they're almost immortal or, I guess, to hop over to Marvel, like, you know, as, as Guardians live for a very long, long time. Um, so maybe not the origin, but definitely maybe their species knows the origin. And even when when they die, they are still like you. You don't lose the force. The force doesn't go away because you killed the daughter, the son, and the father. Right, right. So maybe they're just a very ancient force wielder. And then so the the little creature bites Ahsoka, and then we get zombie Ahsoka, which 
I think she looks super creepy with all the veins and the eyes going yellow and stuff like that. That's always right, cool. Boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it, okay, so she was really creepy. Um, the next thing you see is the father, daughter, son kind of like meeting together in the altar or like the throne room, I guess, is where they're, they're at. And I thought it was interesting. I made a note on the vanity is getting the better of you. The father tells the son, like, vanity is getting the better of you because he's starting to be impressed with his powers of the dark side. Well, the dark side powers do seem a little bit stronger. Definitely in this episode. I mean, like, he's shooting lightning, and the daughter is only, like, put using, like, force push. I bet that's, like, everything. Like, even in video games. Like, how much of a bummer is it to be a Jedi... And somebody comes along and zaps you with lightning, and you what? Throw them across the room? Oh, that that's that's Knights of the Old Republic, totally. Where you have the option, like you can learn different force skills, but if you start using the dark side force skills, then you start moving more into the dark side, and like your skin starts to get like more like dead, almost like the zombie Ahsoka in that game. So, but the lightning force is such a powerful force that it's really hard not to use it in the game because you'll get stuck and you can't kill anybody. So you start to slowly go like, towards I the dark side. I just don't think it's fair. Like, why can't the Jedi be like, why can't the light side? You'd think lightning would be the light side because it's energy and the dark side would be like, I don't know, something not light. Something that's not visible yeah. that you can't see. Maybe it's like just <laughs> Something a- that's not lightning or light, but I don't know. It's just always such a bummer. Like, so of course he's going to be impressed with vanity and his powers because the dark side is so much stronger and kind of cooler and what the really strong Jedis can absorb the lightning and kind of f- shoot it back, but not really. It's like a charged up force push. Yeah. And then, so, okay. So he gets, he's, the father's like, I'm not dead yet. And then the son's like, I'm tired of waiting. And then the force lightning comes out and he shocks his father um, right in front of Obi-Wan, which kind of starts the whole process of Obi-Wan being taken to the altar of Mortis to get the right. dagger. So I wrote rock elevator. <laughs> <laughs> rock rock elevator. That was the, the, that, it that was was the transition. It was in the rise of Skywalker. Like, that's how they got down there, was that rock elevator. I mean, it's in a lot of things. It's in the Vader Immortal game. It's in, like, there's these rock elevators all over the place. And there was a rock elevator. A little Mario-esque, where you you jump on it, and then it starts to uh, fall down? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Star Wars was out before Mario. Oh, yeah. Um, So, I I wouldn't say Mario-esque. Well, I, I just felt like when he stepped on it, it, would he have to jump off of it before it went into the water? Like, I was thinking video game-esque when I oh, saw it. Oh, I don't know, because I have to watch The Rise of Skywalker again to see where the rock elevator goes when it gets down to the ground. And I, how does it get back up? Do you have to use the force to use the rock elevators, maybe? Were there ch- were the chains? that Like, he jumped and grabbed the chains. Were the chains tied to it and the chains uh, lowered it down? I don't down? know. I just am so excited to see the rock elevator. Okay, so... It, Rock Elevator in this, that's the tie-in from The Rise of Skywalker is Rock Elevators have been around it's for one a long of, time. <laughs> no, it was just the same visual. It looked very similar. And the dagger. I mean, that was everyone's obsession when they first saw that Ray was holding a dagger. Well, was, it, is that going to be the Dagger of Mortis? So it, I guess it wasn't the Dagger of Mortis, though, because the Dagger of Mortis is a lot older than the dagger that Ray had. The dagger Ray had was made after the Death Star had crashed because it had the map on it. 
Yes. So you, and or, you, I mean, I don't think and you, you, would you take had to go to the very specific spot on the coast and stand there. Like there should have been some type of marker. Like there should have been like a shrine. I want to know who made the dagger in the Rise of the Skywalker because, like, it had to have been like a Sith apprentice. Why would like you? One of the Sith, why would you make a treasure uh, hunt like that instead of just to have it in a holocron or a, I don't know, telegraph. Yeah, it, I mean <laughs> anything else besides a dagger. A dagger with a little what red point on if, it. Like it rained and like eventually the ground got weak and the Death Star shifted. The yeah. dagger doesn't work anymore. Got to make a new dagger. But I do think it was a reference to Mortis because there was a lot of similarities, and you have the dyad, and you have a father figure. I feel like Leia and Han kind of came together to be the father of that trio. Yeah. Oh, for that, because you're talking about that scene after? Yeah. So, like, I feel like Han and Leia, like, it, it was probably supposed to just be Leia, like you had said. But, like, there was still, like, the trio of a father or mother figure and then the forced dyad. Um, so, this was very, very similar. And so, the dagger, I think it was inspired by or meant to be. Where did the dagger go after they, on the the Endor moon and they find the, the uh, Sith uh, Wayfinder. Well, maybe it went to the dagger smith and they chopped the the <laughs> code out of it. Yeah, because I mean, you never see... Maybe, maybe I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think if Mortis. I remember, like, Ray. I don't think Ray ever uses it again. Oh, I don't you think, mean in the Rise of Skywalker? In the Rise of Skywalker, it like, did it, just, did it disappear after that one scene where they hold yeah, it up? Yeah, well, and then, okay, when she first held it in the Rise of Skywalker, she goes, oh... So many terrible things have happened with this weapon. So for it not to be Mortis almost doesn't make sense. I feel like they maybe someone cut, maybe a Sith apprentice or a Wren, whatever, cut the into the dagger of Mortis. But the blade doesn't form until Obi-Wan picks it up. So it almost is like a lightsaber. What, and the, then, when okay. he, well, then when he pulls it back out to show Anakin in this episode. So after this part in the episode, I wrote like, this takes on a lot of action for a cartoon where you have all everyone's fighting. You've got Ahsoka versus Anakin. You've got the brother versus the sister. Yeah, I wrote cor- conflict feeds him, force lightning, force block- blocking, father throws him, everything went as I planned, force killed Ahsoka. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, it just goes, like, it, everything just goes like to point. crazy. And they even make a point of saying, like, uh, son, you're being fed by the conflict. So the hate and the fighting are causing him to get stronger and stronger while everyone's fighting in this episode. So do you think the dagger in Rise of Skywalker is a dagger of Mortis? No. Do you think it's supposed to be like, I don't know, an Easter egg for it? I think it's definitely supposed to be something where we're thinking of this dagger and that dagger in the same, like, hey, this is what leads the way. She says, whoever wields the blade controls her brother. She never said it's the blade that kills her brother. It's the blade that controls her brother. And then later on, Obi-Wan says, we can kill the brother with Why this. Why does there have to have a blade to control her brother, but not her? Well, technically, it does control her because it, it, it stabs her with it. Okay, so. And, sta- and the father stabs himself with it. So it can kill all of them. Yeah, so it's just it's a blade. It's the only thing on the planet, and it that is the altar the of Mortis. Kills them. Like this goes back to what are they? 
I don't know. I mean, they apparently they've been around for over 2,000 years because they're the ones that sent the Jedi distress signal. And he says in the first one that they used to live with the Jedi. And how did they know of the prophecy? Because they used to live with the Jedi in the temple. Okay, so- They were anchorites is what he says. They're anchorites and they lived with the Jedi. But when his daughter and son started to become too powerful is when he moved them to this planet, this space that he controls. So- Fast forwarding the next the next thing I want to do is watch watch the Rebels Bendu episodes where they talk about the planets of the Jedi planet and the Sith planet and that's more of the origin of the Jedi and Sith but that's kind of what that made me think of is we keep revisiting this theme of I don't know father and then light side dark side Okay, so after he gets the dagger, then you have the there's a fight between Ahsoka and Anakin that starts where she's always talking about how he's so criticizing of her, and that was when the son, um, uh, the daughter comes up to the son and says, "You're so, you're enjoying this because this is so wrong," and he says, "What is right or wrong? It's all depending on your point of view." I always like that line. It's always like the good or the bad. It it really is not. It really depends on who's labeling it. Um, so if you're the brother, hey, them fighting, that's good. It's feeding him. It's feeding the dark side. So Ahsoka dies like Ray. She does die in this episode. Like, and I say like Ray because she dies and she does not turn into a force ghost. And she just kind of flops over because he force kills her in her brain. Yes. And it's weird. Okay, so like the whole... When a Jedi dies, it's not even when a Jedi dies, they dissolve. Because Qui-Gon dies, he doesn't just dissolve. Well, he becomes a Force ghost, so whenever he has... Something happened that made his journey complete, then then he did dissolve, because he's a Force ghost. It's like Leia. Leia turned into a Force ghost after her story resolved with Kylo. Yes. So Ahsoka died, did not turn into a Force ghost... And what I mean, what did she really? I, was she really dead? Because it says like help her. It and took he, and the he, force it, life from the daughter to help her. But the father says I can't help her. This is after he the son goes to stab the father with the blade of Mortis because Ahsoka's giving it to him. He says balance is broken. There is no hope. There's so, no hope. The da, dark da, side. Da, the dark side's going to do what it will. He surrenders hope. Surrenders life. And then that was when Anakin says, but there is always hope. I liked that. I liked Anakin actually being the positive one in this episode. But the theme of the episode is if you surrender hope, you surrender life. So then the father and the daughter felt like there was no hope and they ended up dying. Ooh, that's a good one. Because they don't, they actually don't like, they're like this daughter leads him to the altar for the blade he who surrenders hope surrenders life. So she surrendered hope. She felt like there was no hope. It took her life to give Ahsoka's life back. Now, what did you think of the the son's reaction to when he stabs the daughter and he screams and flies away with like the big no? Wasn't that kind of weird? Like he stabbed his daughter and then or stabbed his sister, basically. Yeah, he said though later on in the episode that she was the only one he has ever loved. That's in the next episode. The okay. next episode, he goes in and said, because he, he goes back into her tomb and takes the blade. So I felt like he was upset. He didn't want to hurt her. He wanted to kill his father, and he loved his sister. But he's the dark side. Like 
So he has the dark a, side is full of love. He understand he understands that without the light you can have no dark. So his plan was just to release both of them to the universe. Would that have been such a bad thing? If both of them wouldn't have gotten off that planet and then you would have had two extremely strong force users going around the galaxy, both light and dark, wouldn't that be balance? Well, we never get balance. No, you only get balance by destroying everything. That's right, the, so that's even, the message. Even in the Rise of Skywalker, we don't have balance anymore. Our dyad, one of them is dead. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's, it's funny to think like George Lucas was always such a pessimistic person on a lot of things. So, hey, how do you get balance? You destroy everything. That's Nothing's left. It's perfect balance. You, you called me the death peace girl, but same, same. Uh, hey, there's a reason we're married. <laughs> um. Okay, so the, there's no hope. Anakin says there's always hope. Uh, the daughter says do not hate him. It is his nature. Um, and then the daughter's last act is saving Ahsoka. Right, so she she surrendered hope. So she died. But then you have, like, we have Jedi healing powers, and it's done through Anakin, which is kind of... It is done through Anakin. So, you know, we thought, oh, this was a new power, what, in Mandalorian? I guess we forgot. We forgot that Anakin had done it during Mortis. (laughs) So all of these things are... They're just repeats, and they're pulling stuff. It's so interesting how much is pulled from these three episodes. Yeah. So he basically, he saves Ahsoka by touching her on the forehead, and the dark side washes out of her, and she forgets about it. And then the father has a really cool line about, hey... Uh, no, you need to leave. I have to mourn for what I've done and what I have yet to do. I thought that was a cool line to end Was he with. mourning because what he has yet to do is to, uh, I guess, erase Anakin's awakening and set him free on the path that causes so much pain? Like, he basically, he doesn't set his son free. But by letting Anakin continue on his path, he he know he saw the future as well. He knows what that's going to be. But I think like they say a lot in this third episode about hey, Anakin or the father is always talking about the future is not written. It's not in stone. It can change as quickly as you, someone can fall out of love. I think is the line they use. So it it's not set. So I don't think the father believes like a hundred percent of everything's going to happen the way I've seen in the future. It's, it's all up to the force. So he, he knows what his son would do. He knows his nature. He knows why he's there with his son. He's choosing, uh, the, a roll of the dice and hoping that the other extreme dark power is not as bad as Anakin's going to be. And he's, he's like, he's kind of out of hope though. He's mourning the future. So he also did the same thing. That's why he who surrenders hope surrenders life. So he's he's surrendering hope by having them leave the planet yeah. and saying, though the one thing he does say is, my son needs your ship. So if he was God, I mean, the guy can fly, he can turn into a bat, he can do all of this stuff. He I can't build, know, he can't yeah, build a spaceship? More, Come well, on. There's, there's some big questions in this episode. You could have a whole movie on who these three are. Ooh, there we go. Let's go back. The, I know I need to do some Star Wars news because there's some rumors about the next trilogy is going to be set 2,000 years 
prior. Is it these three? It might be set up with these three or something. Have something to do with them. Oh. Or, or I hope hopefully they make some type of cameo or something in it. That'd be kind of cool if like you well, saw. I like in Rebels when you see their paintings on the wall. And I mean, what do you do? So you're the father. This old force wielder, Santa Claus man, Odin. You, Odin, you, Star Wars father. You and ground you these to, children. You, you ground <laughs> them and you send them to their room. You have to pick your son who will, who wants to go into the universe and have so much power or the prophecies. So they wanted to meet Anakin because he was going to bring balance. So he was hoping that he the, wanted Anakin to take his place yeah, and the keep fa- balance. The father wanted to retire. He wanted to go to some other planet, probably Scarif, somewhere warm. So that's what he's he mourning. He could drink Mai Tais <laughs> and have a good that's time. That's what he is mourning, though, is that the Anakin was the prophecy. And as it turns out, Anakin's not there to keep balance. He's there to be set free. Well, Anakin's not really there to be set free. He just wanted to say, hey, like... I got to meet the chosen one. Maybe that was on his bucket list. I don't think so. I think that they he they were the chosen one, and he thought that keeping balance was Anakin staying there and keeping that dyad under control. And that did not turn out the way he planned. No, so he had to mourn that because he also saw all of the things Anakin would become. So it's either set your son free, who's going to cause all this trouble, or set this guy free and... He's not going to keep balance the way that you thought the prophecy was supposed to be. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna argue a lot on the third episode of this because I think the father is definitely more of a hey, I'm letting the dice roll and I don't even trust what I know is going to be the future. Yeah, you know, I think that he knows he's trying to choose the lesser of two evils and hoping that Anakin won't do those things, but knowing he will. But you, if he has, if he's as powerful as he is, and the son's as powerful as he is to look into the future, they would have known bringing Anakin here will destroy everyone. So, but they didn't believe it. I don't think they trust in the Force's ability to project the future. Maybe when the Force, when the Force shows you the future, it shows you all different kinds of versions of the Are future. We, you mean like Doctor Strange? We're talking about multiverse stuff here. Like you see all alternatives and all variations. And you just, you can't trust it. Maybe one of them's correct, but you can't trust all of what you see because there could be really good ones. There could be really bad ones. So they touched on um, the, uh, I think it might have been the first one of these episodes where Shmi was like, like you're being in love is your downfall. Or if you can let go of being in love, you won't like go to the dark side. Your love is a prison because it's attachment. Yeah. So really... They keep coming back to Anakin loved Padme too much. He did. And I think he loved her for maybe the wrong reasons. What were the reasons he loved her? Maybe because when he was really young, there was a sense of like attachment and security and reminded him of being like that youthfulness and stuff like that. And was more about his feelings than probably caring for her. It was more of a sense of security for him and not really about her and taking care of her and her feelings. It's kind of how Kylo treated Ray. How so? Uh, because he kept being a mean boyfriend when he was like saying things like, I'm going to show you this. And she was like, no, get out of my head. And he was like, kept saying things and he, to make her cry. Like he wasn't very nice. He wasn't her boyfriend either. That's why she wasn't really sad when he died. But if he wanted to be her boyfriend, he was not being her boyfriend for the right reasons. No. This one's interesting too because in this episode of Mortis, the light side dies first. 
I think in a lot of Star Wars, it's always the dark side that eventually winds up dying because well, it's a movie. Well, I don't know. Palpatine never died. Darth Maul never died. Which dark side user did you do you think died first? Um. Well, I think Kylo died. He wasn't dark and side. And, Ahso- he and, Ahso- into and Ahsoka a- was left. Kylo struggled with the light side call his entire three movies, and he died and turned into a force ghost. He was not dark side. He was he sucked at being dark side. Ray was a little better at it. She was like always charging with her lightsaber out and ready to go. She she didn't make a mean face. I mean, she definitely fought with uh, anger and passion in, in her fight. Versus, I thought Kylo when he was fighting on the Death Star and stuff looked a lot more calmer. Well, I think Kylo like there was only a few times he actually fought back with Rey. It just reminded me of when I try to wrestle with you and you just hold me back and stand still and I'm acting like a crazy rabid cat. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so that's out there now. Um, yeah, like I mean, like Ben's Ben Solo was so much more powerful with the Force. Even in this first Marvel comic that we got with him, so like, I do, and I don't think he was Dark Side, and I think this comic is reinforcing that. So, so okay, I, I, think, ask I, th- again. I think he's going to do some serious dark stuff in this one, though. I think eventually that doesn't it's gonna... make you Dark Side. Yes, it does. No, it, it doesn't. He killed that old man in the beginning of Force Awakens. Like, oh, you're so very guess, right. Did Obi Wan ever do any Dark Side things? Hmm. Obi Wan might have been like the best Jedi then, because I would say Yoda dabbled in some dark side every now and then he asked anakin to spy on palpatine he like relayed that message from the council i'd say that was obi-wan's dark moment is when he's telling anakin to go like hey i want you to go spend time with the person that we're most afraid of and see what he's doing and spy on the emperor i think that on the scale of dark side things in star wars that's pretty pretty low grade Maybe that's the reason why Obi-Wan can actually beat Anakin and actually cuts off his uh, legs and lets him uh, burn to death on the I think Obi-Wan is a very good example of he really is like ultimate Jedi. I would say Qui-Gon does more dark side than Obi-Wan. But I will say that Obi-Wan deals in absolutes more than any other Jedi. Uh, he's he's got such about, a high horse. He's so righteous. Yeah, you would not like Obi-Wan I, if like, you ever in met real him in person. Life, you would be you, like, yeah, you, I'd be like, oh, you're so annoying. Stop being so righteous. Okay. <laughs> so is is there anything else that we want to add for this episode of the Mortis and the Altar of Mortis on this? Just that when we were just touching on some of the things that this episode, I think, really popped up other places. Okay. So I, I, I think that's a good place. We're, we're going to continue here with the third episode, and then we'll go, we'll, we'll dig through all of the other little pieces from this, because I think we have a good argument going on the father with time and fate and that's really what the next one's all about yeah is the hey what's ahead of you and then being like you're having your whole mind erased so thank you for tuning in for this episode of the endor report don't forget to subscribe we're gonna have more programs coming out also we started an instagram and a twitter and we've been posting some of our crafts and some of the stuff that we've been doing around the house star wars related so definitely check that out what's the instagram uh, Instagram is the Endor Report, and the Twitter is the Endor Report. So, oh, okay. I mean, it's, if you search the Endor Report, you're going to find us in all kinds of different places. So, hey, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. And also with you.